Welcome to Genomics Now, a podcast series where you can learn how genomics is developing in England's NHS. This podcast series, recorded in 2021, is part of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Services Educational Toolkit. In each 10-minute episode, we explore what is changing in genomics. We answer the questions on genomics we've been asked by the different healthcare professionals. We talk about the ways genomics may impact different healthcare roles and how genomics can be used to successfully improve patient care. Hi, I'm Anwar Khan. I'm a GP in the East End of London. And hello, I'm Dahlia Hopmeyer. I'm a genomics clinical fellow at Great Ormond Street Hospital. And this is episode three of the Genomics Now primary care series. And today we're going to talk to you about direct-to-consumer tests, um, which is something that a lot of general practitioners have been asking about and are interested to know more about. So Dahlia, what are direct-to-consumer genetic tests? Um, So these are commercially available genetic tests that are offered mostly by private companies. And usually this is done by providing a saliva sample, Um, but there are very wide variations on the traits that are tested, the cost of the tests, and also the requirement for pre- and post-test counselling. So different companies can carry out different types of testing, And some may look at a limited number of locations in the genome, while other companies may carry out whole genome sequencing. So I guess um, the main point is that the way that the tests are done and what is actually carried out can be quite variable. Okay, so what are the examples of the type of traits tested? Um, So there are lots of different types, but Mm -hmm. some of the common ones are, for example, ancestry reports. And what these do is estimate your origins to regions around the world. Um, They don't usually have much clinical utility or inform about an individual's health, but it's mainly just about knowing what your ancestry is. Um, Then traits in general, they are very variable for what is tested, but they can range, for example, from male pattern baldness, eye color, lactose intolerance. So there's really a huge spectrum. And some of these may have clinical implications. Um, Another area which is tested is drug response or pharmacogenomics. Mm. And what this does is to predict your response to medications based on your genetics. And so this can affect prescribing practice and therefore alter health outcomes. Um, Genetic risk factors is another area. So for example, the chance of developing a common complex disease such as type two diabetes or chronic kidney disease. And then they also might look at inherited conditions. So this is again, very wide, but it could include cystic fibrosis, uh, sickle cell anemia, or inherited cancers. And these results are often returned to the user in probabilistic terms. So for example, how many times your risk is increased compared to the general population. And what are the potential limitations and risks to these tests? Um, So I think that's a really good question because unfortunately there are quite a few. Mm. Um, But so the analytical validity, sensitivity and clinical utility of such tests could be lower than is popularly perceived. Um, So one issue is that there might be false negatives. So for example, some direct-to-consumer tests only look for a small proportion of variants in a gene. And an example of this is that up to 80% of known BRCA1 and 2 mutations may actually be missed. Mm. Um, So a patient who wants to find out whether they carry such a a variant could in fact um, be falsely reassured 
and this could cause a delay in seeking treatment. Now, rather the opposite of this is that there might also be false positives. So you might get a result back that says you have a genetic variant that causes a problem, but this is not in fact a real variant that they found. Um, this especially happens with rare variants, and this could just be a false positive or an artifact. Um, for example, a large proportion of the BRCA1 and 2 or bowel cancer gene variants are in fact false positives. So this can, of course, cause quite a lot of distress and worry and also results in an increased amount on health services as um, you'll need further genetic counseling and possibly the test to be repeated. The other thing to mention is that common complex diseases um, are difficult to predict based on genetics. And in general, the predictability is likely to be poor. So the result you get back may not be clinically meaningful. And something that um, you may have thought of is that testing in children is possible. So in general, um, if there is not a requirement for counseling pre and post test, it's possible for children to have this test without anyone really um, discussing it beforehand. And this could raise quite a few ethical issues. Absolutely. And then the other thing to talk about is there could be unexpected results. Um, for example, non-paternity is something that might come out of such tests. And as these tests may be ordered without counseling, we're not sure if the support network is available to deal with it. So what's the role of the GPs in relation to these direct tests? I mean, if GPs are presented by patients uh, with, with these tests, uh, should we be interpreting them? Um, so yeah, it's a really good question. And as you mentioned, you may actually be the first port of mm. call for advice and follow up on these results. And um, I think I'll just point you towards the Royal College of GP position statement on direct to consumer genetic testing. So um, if you would like more information, I'd recommend reading the document. But in general, they advise that GPs exercise caution when asked to offer clinical expertise about such results. And patients should not be referred to secondary or tertiary care solely on the basis of, this, of these results, but they should be offered NHS care that would have been offered regardless of the direct-to-consumer results. So they will still need a family history, a risk assessment, and then onward referral as per standard NHS protocols. However, you can consider a referral if a variant is found in a gene for which testing is already offered on the NHS, or if both members of a couple are found to be carriers for a genetic condition. And this can have implications for children and um, a discussion regarding reproductive options might be appropriate based on a direct-to-consumer result. So maybe it would be appropriate if we're uh, approached by patients like these for referral to the genetics department for advice as to what to do next rather than or a test, would that be? Exactly, no, I completely, I think that is correct. I do think um, looking through the RCGP position statement is always a good idea. And then if you have any concerns, you can always get in touch with your local clinical genetic center and run the scenario by them. As a lot of these have to be decided on a case by case basis. Yeah, I mean, you've pointed out a very important thing about ethical aspects of genetic testing, isn't it? So sometimes without any thought, it's not, it could be opening Pandora's box. Exactly, yeah. I think that's very true. Um, and as we mentioned, the great variability in direct-to-consumer tests, um, this can be an issue. Um, it, it will really very much depend on 
the support that is offered around it, and also whether the patient has been consented appropriately, as this may not have been the case. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Genomics Now, a series of conversations hosted by healthcare professionals of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Service. Our aim is to complement other genomic-focused educational tools with bite-sized podcasts that explore how clinical genomics is developing in England's NHS. If you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to develop as part of the Genomics Now podcasts, please let us know. Also, we'd love to hear about the episodes you've enjoyed and how they have helped you with training. Please get in contact with us on the link given with this podcast or tweet us at North Thames GLH. You will find this and other educational resources at the North Thames GLH website.